Hello and welcome to A Word for This Day podcast. I'm Jory Schaefer, the show's host and creator, and it is my joy and my pleasure to welcome you today. Welcome to anyone who's found us for the first time. It's no accident that you're here today, friends, so please don't run off quite yet. Please stick around for a little while and let's look at God's Word together and see what He has for us today. And welcome back to all you regular listeners. I'm so thankful that you are here. Thank you for coming back day after day. Thank you for being intentional about spending time with God and thinking about His Word. It's so important for us to do that, friends. Uh, His Word is life. His Word is truth. And He has graciously, graciously given us this Word so that we can know more of Him, so that we can abide in Him and His Word. And I love what we read in uh, John chapter 14, verse 23, where Jesus, it says, Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my Word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Whoever does not love me does not keep my words, and the word that you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. Oh, friends, for those of us who love Jesus, who love the Father, one of the most important ways that we show that is that we keep his word and we abide in his word, and we can't keep it and we can't abide it if we don't spend time in it. And so I'm so thankful that you're here. Please know that I continue to pray for you day after day. I continue to pray that the Lord would draw you closer to him, that he would give you more of a desire to know him and his word, that you'll be intentional about spending time with him. Uh, please consider sharing this podcast with your friends, family, neighbors, strangers, just anyone who you think may receive a blessing from it. And know that I love to hear from you. I love to hear what God's doing in your life as you're spending more time with Him. Well, our verse for the day for February the 24th, 2024, comes from Exodus chapter 2, verse 24. And it reads as follows from the English Standard Version. And God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Oh, I love this. Of course, you know I love all the words and all the verses. (laughs) But we learn so much about the character of God here and how he is very well acquainted with all of the situations of all of his children. And so I'm so excited for us to park here, for us to see what was going on, see what this covenant was. Many of you may know right off the top of your head what it was, but it's so good just to go back and be reminded and and then just to praise God for how he loves his children, how he hears, how he sees, how he knows, and how he acts according to his will. So, we are in this book of Exodus. Exodus is the second book of the law. And so, you may recall, because we've talked about it frequently, and Lord will, and I'll continue to remind you about this, because it's just a good reminder to think about how the scriptures are organized. The Old Testament begins with the five books of the law, then it moves to the Old Testament history, then what we call the wisdom literature or wisdom and poetry literature, and then to the major prophets and the minor prophets. So it's very, uh, it's 
kind of simple the way that big overview is. We are in the law, which is at the beginning of the Old Testament. There are five books of that. It's Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. We're in that second book today. These books of the law were thought to have been written by Moses because there are places within the Old Testament and even within the law. I'm thinking of Deuteronomy 31.9 right now where uh, God told uh, Moses to write these things down and give it to the priest. And it's thought that Moses, during the time that he spent time with God, was given these words to write. Um, Genesis, that first book of the law, goes all the way back to the very beginning and actually a little before the beginning as we know it, before the beginning of time, because God, uh, the Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit had to be there to uh, create everything out of nothing. And it tells us about creation, tells us about the first people, it tells us about the first sin, where, where sin entered the world and then how things went downhill from there. But we see that God had a plan from the beginning. He knew what would happen. He was not bound by time or circumstance. And he knew what would come and what would be necessary. And all the way back in Genesis chapter 3, we read that he um, tells that serpent that there would be a time coming when uh, there would be the seed of the woman who would... uh, crush his head, crush the serpent's head, uh, even though the serpent would bruise his heel. And that was uh, talking about Jesus coming. And so we see God's redemptive plan starting to unfold all the way in the beginning. And then it's carried out through Scripture all the way to when he sends Jesus. And then Jesus has been victorious over the death and hell and sin in the grave. And he's coming back again one day, friends. And that we read about uh, what's going to happen at that time all the way at the end of of our Bible in Revelation. And so I just love it. I love how we can uh, look at this overview and just see this wonderful story of God's love for his people. And even though all of us are sinners, there is not one righteous, no, not one. Uh, God still loved us. He loved us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us, to take that that wrath that we deserved for being sinners against the holy God, uh, for being disobedient, for being rebellious against him. Jesus took that on himself. He paid the penalty that each one of us owed and made a way for us to be uh, cleansed, for us to be purified, for us to be forgiven so that we can have our relationship restored with the Father. And that's the good news of the gospel. That is just the good news. But we are all the way, though, back here at the beginning. And uh, that book of Genesis, as I mentioned, told about the, the first people. And then toward the middle and end of Genesis, we read that God made a covenant with Abraham. And Abraham believed God. Abraham trusted God. Abraham had faith that God and God credited that to him as righteousness, we read. And before there was ever a law, before there were the 12 tribes of Israel, 
Uh, God told Abraham that through him, all the nations of the earth would be blessed. All the families of the earth would be blessed. And God made a covenant with Abraham. And I want to read uh, this account for you in Genesis 15 so that you can see uh, how this is going to tie in with our verse for the day. If we hop over to Genesis 15, we see beginning in chapter 1, it's I'm sorry, in 15, verse 1, it says, After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram. Now, Abram was the same as Abraham. It's after this that God will change Abram's name to Abraham. He says, Fear not, Abram, I am your shield. Your reward shall be very great. But Abram said, O Lord God, what will you give me? For I continue childless, and the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. And Abram said, Behold, you have given me no offspring, and a member of my household will be my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him, This man shall not be your heir. Your very own son shall be your heir. And he brought him outside and said, Look toward heaven and number the stars, if you are able to number them. Then he said to him, So shall your offspring be. And he, that's talking about Abram, believed the Lord, and he counted it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out from Ur of the Chaldeans to give you this land to possess. But he said, O Lord, how am, to know, how am I to know I shall possess it? He said to him, Bring me a heifer three years old, a female goat three years old, a ram three years old, a turtle dove, and a young pigeon. And he brought him all these, cut them in half, and laid each half against the other. But he did not cut the birds in half, and when the birds of prey came down on the carcasses, Abram drove them away. As the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell on Abram, and behold, dreadful and great darkness fell upon him. Then the Lord said to Abram, Know for certain that your offspring will be sojourners in a land that is not theirs, and will be servants there, and they will be afflicted for four hundred years. But I will bring judgment on the nation that they serve, and afterward they shall come out with great possessions." As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. You shall be buried in a good old age, and they shall come back here in the fourth generation, for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet complete. When the sun had gone down and it was dark, behold, a smoking firepot and a flaming torch passed between their pieces. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your offspring I give this land from the river of Egypt to the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Kenites, the the Kenizzites, the Cadmonites, the Hittites, the Perizzites, the Rephaim, the Amorites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, and the Jebusites. So God made a covenant with Abram all the way back then uh, that his offspring would be so numerous that uh, they would come back even though they would go go away and they would be enslaved and they would come back to this land and it would be about 400 years from now. Well, that's where we pick up in Exodus. If you look toward the end of of uh, as you get to the end of Genesis, Abraham and Sarah are blessed with Isaac. Isaac has Jacob. Jacob has the 12 sons. And those 12 sons become the heads of the 12 tribes of Israel. Jacob's other name is known as Israel. There was a great famine 
And Jacob sent uh, his sons down to Egypt to buy food. Now, God in his providence had made a way and one of Jacob's sons named Joseph had been treated poorly by his brothers, uh, but it was all part of God's plan. And Joseph was already in Egypt. And um, we've talked about this before, but long story short, God provided for Jacob's family and they stayed in Egypt because of that famine and grew from about 70 people up to over 600,000 men um, over a course of about 400 years. During that time, though, they they had originally um, experienced good favor. But over time, the original Pharaoh who knew Joseph, which was one of the brothers, uh, died and uh, the people became very numerous. And this was threatening to the current administration and they enslaved them and they oppressed them. And uh, it's just as God had told Abram that it would be. And so God uh, is getting ready to send uh, a deliverer. And so that's where we get to our, uh, our verse for the day. And you may know the story if you've been a student of the word very long, but if you've not, or if you just need a reminder, and it's always good to go back and, and look at this again. If you read in Exodus chapters 1 and chapter 2, Exodus picks up right after uh, the end of Genesis left off, as I just mentioned, and it starts out with those who went down to Egypt and tells us that there were about 70 of uh, Israel's family who went down there. And it says um, in verse 8 of chapter 1 of Exodus, Now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Behold, the people of Israel are too many and too mighty for us. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, lest they multiply. And if war breaks out, they join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with heavy burdens. They built for Pharaoh store cities, Pithom and Ramses. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied, and the more they spread abroad, and the Egyptians were in dread of the people of Israel. So they ruthlessly made the people of Israel work as slaves and made their lives bitter with hard service in mortar and brick and in all kinds of work in the field. And all their work they ruthlessly made them work as slaves. And it goes on to tell about how the king of Egypt told the Hebrew midwives to kill the babies, like when the Hebrew women were delivering the babies, if it was a boy, to to, uh, kill the boy. But if it was a daughter, they should let him live. And it says in verse 17 of chapter 1 of Exodus, But the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but let the male children live. So the king of Egypt called the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and let the male children live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and grew very very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, 
every son that is born to the Hebrews, you shall cast into the Nile, but you shall let every daughter live. And then you may remember the rest of that story, how Moses's uh, parents, Moses's mama, when Moses was born, put him in a basket and covered it with tar and pitch. And she sent his sister to watch. They put it in the in the Nile River among the bulrushes and sent his sister Miriam to watch over him from a distance. And Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe and she saw that she heard the baby crying and she took the baby up and she named him Moses because that meant because I drew him out of the water. And she took um, that baby home with her and raised him in her home. And then Miriam said, would you like for me to get one of the Hebrew women to nurse him? And she went and got Moses's own mother. So God took care of all of that. And think about how he taught Moses, how Moses was brought up and was educated very well. This would later help him with writing these things that God wanted him to write, these wonderful, the history and the chronicles, also with the leadership. Um, We read that Moses, though, got in trouble and he fled to Midian because he came to the rescue of one of his fellow Hebrews who didn't know that he was a Hebrew when one of the Egyptians was beating up on him and he killed the Egyptian who was beating up on the Hebrew and hit him in the sand and he thought no one saw him but later someone said are you going to kill us like you did the Egyptian so he fled away to Midian and we read that he married and he tended flocks and uh, this was right before the burning bush, but just after this, we see right after it tells about Moses getting married and having a son uh, in verse 23 of chapter 2 of Exodus, it says, During those many days the king of Egypt died, and the people of Israel groaned because of their slavery and cried out for help. Their cry for rescue from slavery came up to God, and then here's our verse, and God heard their groaning, and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and with Jacob, and I'm going to read just past it. God saw the people of Israel, and God knew. So Moses had fled, but things were getting worse for the Hebrews who were still in Egypt, and uh, that oppression just became greater and greater and greater, and the people cried out to God. And God hears the cry of his people. He um, also had even told Abraham, you know, that it would be this way. And not only had he promised Abraham that he would bless them, but when he met with Jacob, he told him he would bless him. He told uh, Isaac he would bless him. And so he uh, had described himself as the God when he gets ready to tell Moses here. He says, I'm the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And he was the living God. But he heard and he knew and he saw and I'm just so thankful our God is a living God he does care about his people he knows about the details he sees our suffering and our groaning and sometimes we are in situations that we've got ourselves in because we were disobedient and we were sinful. Sometimes we are in in situations uh, to be able to show uh, others how we walk through that relying on God. Sometimes we don't know why we're in the situation like with Job. You know, uh, when Job was having his difficulties, he didn't know that there were conversations going on in the heavenlies. But what we must always remember is God knows. 
God hears. God remembers his covenant. God keeps his promises. He's faithful. And I love this. I love this about uh, the Old Testament that we see that character of God. You see his compassion. He could have just forgotten about them down there, but he didn't. It says, and God heard their groaning. He hears our groaning. And God remembered his covenant. You know, God made a, a covenant with Abraham. God made a covenant with Moses. God made a covenant with David. Um, and then that new covenant that we have now that affects us more than ever is uh, that new covenant in Jesus's blood, that covenant of forgiveness. And I just want to close with this because it's so helpful for us to remember uh, when we're going through difficulties because that old devil will whisper and say, God's forgotten you. He doesn't remember. Why would he let his children go through this? The world says that. Why would he let people that he supposedly loves go through difficulties? Well, it's because there's, there is a sin in the world. This is a fallen world. And often it's so that we'll rely on him all the more. And then sometimes we just don't know why. But if we can always go back to what we know is true, that God is faithful, he does keep his promises, keep our eyes and our hearts and our minds stayed on him, it makes all the difference, friends. Don't listen to the lies of the devil and the lies of the world that God doesn't love you if you're going through difficulties. Know that he does hear your groaning. He does hear your cries. We need to make sure that we're that we're confessed up, though, that we've asked for our asked for forgiveness and ask him to help us and uh, confess that we are sinners because we read in the Psalms that if I've cherished iniquity in my heart, you would not have listened. We must confess. We must get it right about who's in charge and who we are and who he is. But I want to just read to you about this new covenant and see not only does God remember that covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but he made a covenant in Jesus's blood that is what saved us. And I'm so thankful. Let me hop over there real fast. We read about this new covenant in Jeremiah 31, 31, and it says, let me make sure. Yes, it says, behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah, not like the covenant that I made with their fathers on the day when I took them by the hand to bring them up out of the land of Egypt. My covenant that they broke, though I was their husband, declares the Lord, for this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, declares the Lord. I will put my law within them and I will write it on their hearts and I will be their God and they shall be my people. And no longer shall each one teach his neighbor and each his brother saying, know the Lord, for they shall all know me from the least of them to the greatest, declares the Lord, for I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more that affects us and we read in galatians that if we are in christ we are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise so this affects us aren't you thankful for that new covenant aren't you thankful for a god who hears who remembers who sees and knows give him thanks and praise for that friends blessings to you until next time